Welcome to the Atmosphere Church Podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this message. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. Regardless of what you believe, where you come from, or what questions you might have, you are welcome here. Our desire is to help lead you in experiencing God by following Jesus. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to our website at atmosphere.church. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. We are so excited about this series that we launched at the beginning of the year, and today is going to be the last talk in this series called The Great Reset. And we know about resets in life, don't we? And it's just when things are kind of not going the way we wanted them to go, and so we just know, like, we just got to hit that reset button. We talked about a computer, but I want to talk about a video game console, because uh, how many... How many gamers do we have in the house or outside? Okay, you like some video games. Okay, so, so I'm OG. I'm the original gamer, right? I, I go back to Atari 2600. I go back to Asteroids and Pac-Man. Now, last service, they outdid me. They, they went back to Pong. How many remember Pong? Well, I remember buying my first Madden football game, I think in like 1990. And it was, you know, I think Sega Genesis. Uh, but uh, it, it was so fun and played lots of hours on that. And, you know, as I got older in life and I got busier in life, and then my son started catching up and started playing video games. And I played it every once in a while, but I retired the the moment he beat me. <laughs> so I gave up playing the video games. But one time, not too long ago, he had a friend over and they were playing Madden football together and Josiah had to go do something. And so his buddy was there and I go, hey man, you want to challenge this old guy to a game of Madden? He goes, sure. And so we sat down and I hadn't played in a while. And so we pick our teams and I get the ball first and I score a touchdown right away. I'm like, I still got it. And I told him, I'm, I'm, I'm OG, dude. Don't forget that. I'm old gamer. So, so then he gets the ball, and then he goes out for a pass. I intercept it, run it back for a touchdown. Then, then he gets the ball again, and he throws another pass. I get another interception. I run it back for a touchdown. Within like the first minute, it was like 28 to nothing. I'd score like four touchdowns on him. And I'm like, oh, man, I still got it. And then he reaches over and just presses the off button. I'm like, you can't do that, man. He goes, I'm not playing any more of that game. You know, I think 2020 is kind of like that video game that just is bad. You just want to hit the off button and turn it back on again. And this is why I think this message series is so good because our lives need to be reset. Now, not just like all of the uncertainty and unrest that we kind of all went through together in 2020. There just were some good practices we got away from last year that were good disciplines, good things that we did just because shelter and blood, just because our rhythm changed a little bit. And so as we move into a new year, I think it's good to have a reset. And we're using the book of Acts to help reset our lives and help reset our faith. Because more than just an account of the early church, we believe the book of Acts is much more than a history book. It's really a training manual. It's how God really wants us to live out our faith. And we get to read these stories to help inspire us and encourage us to live our lives in the same kind of way. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Acts 16. Now, I know these screens are kind of tough to see. So we have put our notes on the Bible app. So if you download Version Bible app, you can follow along on our notes. If you go to the events tab and you could follow uh, Atmosphere Church, that's where we're going to be at. And we're going to be uh, specifically in Acts 16. Now, I could probably spend a few more weeks talking about some of the lessons and ways that we can reset our lives from the book of Acts when it comes to our faith. We can talk about generosity how you handle adversity, how you walk in authority, you know, how you worship God. I mean, we could just dive deep and, and we're going to be covering a, a lot of different talk series in 2021. So I want to end with the grand finale today. And, and so we're going to specifically look at the big idea of living by 
the Spirit of God. Because Christianity is more than a belief, it's a lifestyle. And I think when people start attending church and they start following Jesus, they start learning. But we need to remember the reason we're learning the word is so that we can apply it to our life. That the Bible is there not just for information. The information is there for transformation. That God has a plan and a purpose on how he wants us to live on this planet for his kingdom. And it's going to involve us being led by the Holy Spirit that he's placed in us as believers. I was reading this week about the early Celtic Christians. They had a term for the Holy Spirit. They called the Holy Spirit on God glass, which is translated the wild goose. And I know like on the surface, it sounds kind of sacrilegious because you're thinking like, you know, the, the spirit of God shouldn't be like compared to a goose. But if you think about a wild goose, there's, there's something about a wild goose that it can't be tracked, it can't be tamed. There, there's, there's a little element of danger, a little air of unpredictability. And if you think about the Spirit of God living in us, this is what we really experience. Like living a Spirit-led life is going to mean most of the time you're going to have no idea where you're going or what you're doing. Or who are you supposed to talk to? And living that way is a little unsettling. But here's what I want to tell you. Circumstantial uncertainty can actually also be called adventure. And one thing so many people of faith are missing in their life is adventure. Most people have settled for a version of Christianity that is simply described as boring. But if we are really living out the life that Jesus gave us through his spirit living in us, our life is going to be anything but boring. But here's the problem, and this is the tension, and this is why we need to reset and talk about this today. Our default setting is we don't like unpredictable. We like regiment and we like routine. We like everything to kind of be organized and scheduled out. And so, Having this idea of living by the Spirit kind of threatens that. We have this feeling of like, if I can like have everything placed around and, and have these, these regulations around our life, then I feel safe. But one thing that 2020 showed me, at least, maybe it showed you, is that safety and security is a, a mirage. It really is. I was reading it this week. 60 people are killed by lightning strikes every year. Texting while driving kills 6,000 annually in the U.S. alone. How many have seen somebody driving in front of you and you're like, I know they're on their phone and you drive up next to them and they're like texting. You're like, stop it. 2,900 people are killed by hippos every year. <laughs> really happens. If you've ever seen a hippo, you know that's, they're dangerous. Ants are responsible for 30 deaths per year. Falling coconuts cause 150 human deaths every year. Talk about being at the wrong place at the wrong time and killed by a falling coconut. Here's, here's one for you. Vending machines kill 13 people per year. How does that even happen? Is that when you like put your arm up to get that bag of Fritos off the coily thing and your hand gets to, I don't know, and it falls on you? I don't know. But if you think the solution is not leaving your house, 26 people are crushed to death in their own home by heavy furniture every year. Bathtubs account for 30 deaths annually. Bathtubs. And if you think that makes you want to never get out of bed, 450 people die every year by falling out of their beds. So life is not safe. Turn to your neighbor and say, life is not safe. Now, I'm not here to like put more fear in you or make you more anxious. But think about our prayer life. And I'm guilty of this too, so I'm not just accusing you guys. I'm saying like we all do this. Like how many of us pray, Lord, keep me safe? That, that's our prayer. But how many of us have ever prayed, Lord, make me dangerous? <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds a lot more like living risky lives. But somebody told me one time that faith is spelled R-I-S-K. 
Like to live by faith, you got to live by risk. Now you guys that are into extreme games and exports and all that, you're like, yeah, this is my sermon. Like this is my talk. And some of you are like, man, I don't like this. This This is making me feel uncomfortable. But see, if you just continue to live a mundane, boring faith, eventually the devil will tempt you with something a little bit more enticing that looks a little bit more sexy, a little bit more attractive than the faith that you're living. But if you really live out the faith that Jesus died and and gave you a spirit in order for you to live, you're you're not going to be tempted to leave because you're like, this is so much fun. I like to say it this way. It's the spirit's guiding that makes life exciting. Tweet that. It's the Spirit's guiding that makes life exciting. So let's fast forward to Acts chapter 16. And I'm going to kind of weave in our story of how Atmosphere Church really kind of came into being. If you want the full... you know, version of the story come to our Atmosphere 101 uh, group next week after our 11 o'clock service. The wind is uh, hitting the microphone, so hopefully that's not too distracting for you guys. But Acts 16, it says in verse 6, it says, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. They had been kept by the Holy Spirit. Just let that sink in for a moment. They'd been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. So they wanted to go. They had desires to go. And possibly they even had plans to go. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, kept them from going. When they came, verse 7, to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So here we see again. They have plans. They have these ideas, this is where we're going to go. And the spirit of Jesus said, we're going to do something different. So they passed by Mysia and they went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, God reroutes Paul and his crew to do something they weren't necessarily planned and prepared to do, but they did it because the Spirit of God was leading them to do it. Now, many of you know our story that we were leading a church in Las Vegas, and it was an amazing experience. I mean, we were seeing 30 people give their lives to Christ almost every Sunday that we had our gatherings we saw breakthrough. We saw miracles. Like just the, the, the poverty that was around our church. Like we saw God do so many incredible things with, with very broken, hurting people. And it was hard for us to ever even imagine that God would have a new chapter for our lives that would involve a, a new community and a, and a new church campus. But about 2016, we started filling these promptings, as I like to call them these nudges, and God was speaking some things to Tara and I that he had something else for us. And it was hard. It was hard to kind of understand this because God was doing such incredible things. But the more we would pray about it, the more Thousand Oaks kept popping up. We're like, there's something here about this Thousand Oaks town. And and we're originally from Bakersfield, so we, we just... I need to let you know, we didn't know this area existed. See, Bakersfield people, we go to Pismo Beach or we go to Disneyland. We bypass this whole area. So when my friend Darren Laws, who pastored at a church here locally for a while, when he started talking to us about Thousand Oaks, I'm like, where is Thousand? I don't even know where this place is. We came and were a guest speaker for him one time and, and we were thinking of the idea and then we said, no, nah, uh, I don't think it's us. But God just kept putting Thousand Oaks on our heart. But we weren't ready to let go of Las Vegas yet. God was still processing this idea for us like there was something different. And I remember calling Darren after I'd spoken at his church up north. And they had like put our message on their podcast. And and there was a woman in his church that had just gotten married to one of the Rams coaches. And they were relocating to the Thousand Oaks area. So he was... uh, 
talking to this girl and he was saying, you know, hey, you know, you have you've been gone? Have you been keeping up with our, our talks? And, and she's like, yeah, I love the podcast. She goes, but there was this one guy from Vegas that you had. And man, that message hit me between the eyes like, wow. And he told her, he said, he and his wife were actually praying about Thousand Oaks and they keep getting these signs, these nudges that they're supposed to do something in Thousand Oaks. And she said, you tell them that we need them in Thousand Oaks. And so he calls me and he's telling me the story. I'm like, Darren, you're like a salesman that will not take no for an answer. I go, I'm processing this. He goes, hey, next month, I have a guy coming up here and he's got a gift, a prophecy, and he's been pretty right on with a lot of friends of mine that I know. I want you and Tara to come up here. And I get off the phone. I tell my wife, I go, Darren's telling me the story of this girl. And it's like, you know, he listened to podcasts and, and it's, it's weird, Tara. It's like, he will not take no for an answer. I says, could it be like, like Paul in Acts 16, like there's a man in Macedonia that's like praying God gives Paul a vision and reroutes his entire ministry to go do ministry in Macedonia. Could it be that there's somebody in Thousand Oaks that's praying and asking for a movement of God that he would actually take us and all of the things that we're doing in Vegas and reroute us to Thousand Oaks? I go, this is like, it feels like that vibe, like there's a Macedonian like call on our life. I I told my wife this, the only one I told. Well, we did make some arrangements. I go up there to have this guy pray over me. Tara was with Josiah at a soccer tournament in Ventura. And uh, so she joins me on speakerphone and I'm letting this guy pray over me. And he, and he gives me a word. And, and I've, just to let you know, like I've had people give me words and prophesy and, and sometimes it, it can be dangerous and there's people that have misused the gifts. And, and so I came into that space very skeptical because I've been a part like of movements like that. So I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but I know Darren. So Darren vouches for him. So it's pretty good. But this guy started reading my mail. He started telling me stuff about my childhood that only my wife knew. Darren didn't know. So I'm like, nobody tipped him off. There's no like ear thing in his, you know, a, a micro a speaker in his ear, like telling him this stuff. I'm like, this guy is obviously spending some time with the spirit because the spirit's downloading him stuff about my life that only my wife knows. Then he started talking to my wife over the phone as she's listening to speakerphone and talking to her about her past and her upbringing. And so immediately he gets our attention and then he says this. He says, my hand has been with you, Jim, thus saith the Lord in Vegas, but I have a I have a new place that I'm sending you and there's a Macedonian call on your life to go to this new place. I about jumped out of my skin because nobody knew what I had told my wife that day. And I was like, ah, this is, this seals the deal. Like there is somebody, maybe it was you, maybe you're responsible for this church being here because you're like, we need a, a church that is going to live out the spirit of God. And so here we are, we made the move. We did it. That church in Vegas is doing great. Here we are. We have this new church campus that we are two and a half years old and God is doing some wonderful things. But I, I tell you that story because if I was so regimented on the plans that I feel that God had for my life, I would have never allowed the Holy Spirit to reroute us. Especially, it was scary to start a church brand new from, from scratch. I'm almost 50. I'm like, I don't want to start a church from scratch. That's like the 20-year-olds. That's what they do. Like, I'm, I'm getting older. I, you know. But yet, I said yes. And God rerouted us. And this is the testimony of God rerouting us. Now, the Spirit of God, when you are living the Spirit of God out in your life, it, it is going to make a difference in your life. John chapter 16. So John 14 through 16 in the Gospels. Jesus is spending like a last conversation with the guys. And, and it's important to understand that the number one topic that Jesus is laying out for his disciples before he leaves is like, hey, I'm, I'm here to prep you. Like, 
the Spirit of God is going to come, and you need me to go away for the Spirit of God to come. And listen to what he talks about with the Spirit of God in verse 13 through 15. He says, When, however, the Spirit comes, who reveals the truth about God, he will lead you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but he will speak of what he hears and will tell you of things to come. He will give me glory because he will take what I say and tell it to you. All that my father has is mine. That is why I said that the spirit will take what I give him and will tell it to you. So Jesus is saying the spirit of God is going to have a major influence and impact in your faith in God. But here's something I want to challenge us, stuff, uh, challenge us with. And, and I don't want to sound blasphemous by saying this, okay? But what if the Holy Spirit were to be taken from you today and removed from your life? Theologically, that's not the truth. It won't happen. But just say hypothetically speaking, that happened. Would your day change at all from the way you're living it out if the Spirit of God were removed from you? If you did not have the spirit of God guiding you, leading you, would it change at all? I even look at us as a church, like I, I, I pray this all the time. God, if, if, your, if your spirit were to be removed from atmosphere church, would we be able to just operate business as usual? Would we be able to do what we always do? Would we be able to show up, sing some songs, give a, a good word and just, you know, leave going, oh, that was really good. Or, or would we just be completely undone? And I will tell you, I believe we would be completely undone as a church because you may be here new to our church and you're new to how we do church, but we are completely reliant on the Spirit of God to lead everything that we do that is done with Atmosphere Church. But let's go back to you personally. Would you be able to go business as usual? Because as I read the Bible... As you, as you listen to how the Holy Spirit is described to us and the impact and influence the Spirit is supposed to have on our lives as followers of Jesus, we should not be able to go business as usual. I mean, the Spirit of God should be responsible for rerouting us all the time, for, for leading us into places and leading us uh, to have conversations with people and doing things we wouldn't normally do. That should be the way we all operate when the Spirit of God is living inside of us. But honestly, many believers are not living their faith this way. Many believers fall short of letting the Spirit of God lead them because it makes you feel uncomfortable. It makes you feel a little vulnerable. But that's exactly the space that God loves us to be in. And I will tell you, that is the space where breakthrough and miracles happen most often. Let me just give you a real practical overview of the ABCs of living by the Spirit. Because this may be, for some of you, you're like, yes, this is like, I, I, I love hearing messages like this. Others of you, this may be a new idea for you. And I really want to make it so simple for you so that when you leave this place, you will know that living by the Spirit is not difficult at all. We are just super guilty of overthink. Any overthinkers in the house? Any overthinkers in the amphitheater today? You just overthink it. Yeah. So this is super simple. So I'm, I'm calling this the ABCs of living by the Spirit of God. Here's A. Ask God to give you the opportunity. Ask God to give you the opportunity. There's two prayers that I've learned in following Jesus that God loves to answer. The first prayer is this prayer. Lord, help me wake up early to spend time with you. <laughs> he almost always answers that. No, it's good. You set your alarm and I'm not advocating like, you know, not setting your alarm to get up early. But I, I know that I've prayed this prayer like, Lord, even when the alarm goes off, I'm so tempted to hit the snooze button. But Lord, honestly, help me wake up early. I'm telling you, a dog will bark. Some noise will happen in your house. You'll wake. You'll just wake up. You're just like, why am I wide awake at five in the morning? Oh yeah, that's right. I prayed last night that I would wake up, that the Lord would help me wake up early to spend time with him. Here's the other prayer that I see God so often answer in my life. Lord, give me an opportunity to help another human being 
to let your kingdom move through me to touch another person. He almost always answers it. Years ago, a friend of mine that received Christ and started following Jesus, we were in like a, a, a bro study group and we were just all praying and he prayed this prayer and I never forgot it. He, he prayed this real childlike prayer. He's new to faith. He says, Lord, I just want you to have fun with me. Have fun with me, God. And that was his prayer. And I was like, whoa. I go, I am never forgetting this prayer because that prayer is one of the most anointed prayers that I've ever heard anybody pray. And that is a prayer that I believe God loves to answer. He loves to have fun with us and he loves to take us on some heavenly adventures. And it's those heavenly adventures, honestly, that keep us from getting bored. And it's the boredom that leads us into sinful behavior. Some of you, if you get rid of the boredom, the temptation is going to go away with the boredom. You just, you got to live more radically and you got to live more intentionally in this way of letting the Holy Spirit lead your life. We did something in Vegas and I want to introduce here called Faith Walks. And we would do these about once a quarter. And you say, what's a faith walk? So we would have like a, a Sunday night gathering. We'd get everyone together. And then we'd, we'd ask everyone to get in a team of like 10 people. And everyone would get in a team. And the instructions were real simple. They were like, pray, ask God to give you a vision of like somewhere to go, somebody to see, and something to say to the person that you see. And, and just be childlike. And whatever you see, whatever somebody, maybe it's confirmed in the, in the prayer circle, just go out, live by faith. And so we would do this and people would come back with crazy stories all the time. But the biggest faith walk story that I walked away with in Vegas happened like right before that we started this new church. It was a faith walk that we did in this couple that had just come to church that morning for the first time and both gave their lives to Christ. So they're like brand new believers. They had really never been a part of a church community. And so they're like, well, if you're having another service at night, we're going to be there. So they showed up. I'm leading one of the faith, faith walk groups. So they come to my group and they, they're like, what do we do? I said, we're just going to pray. And whatever we think of, we're just going to step out like we're little kids and we're just going to go and check it out and see what God may want us to do. So we're praying. And immediately as I'm praying, I see Walmart. I just have a picture of Walmart. I'm just like, I don't know why Walmart has popped in my mind. But I go, I'm seeing Walmart. And somebody's like, okay, I see U-Haul truck. I go, okay, well, maybe we're supposed to go to Walmart and there's going to be U-Haul truck. And another person's like, I see a guy like, like standing outside his truck. I go, okay, guys, I go, we, we know what we're supposed to do. So now we need to know what we're going to say. And somebody's like, I, I feel like he needs something. Like, like we need to help him. And I go, okay. We got our assignment. Let's go in the car. Let's go to Walmart. So it was a, a block away. So we drive around the block. We get to Walmart and we're pulling in and there's the U-Haul truck. And guess what? There's a dude outside the U-Haul truck just standing there like he needs some help. I go, there's our assignment right there. So we pull up, all 10 of us, right? Just coming around this guy. He's like, I'm being jumped. Um, but I get out. I, I tell some of the guys like, like st let's step back and let's see what God does. And I introduce myself as a pastor of the church and we're praying and God gave us a vision of like coming to Walmart and there would be a U-Haul truck and a guy standing in a U-Haul truck that needs help. And he just immediately starts weeping. He is weeping. He says, my U-Haul's out of gas. I have no money. I'm supposed to be in New Mexico. And, I, and I'm just here because I was just going to stay the night in my U-Haul truck in a Walmart parking lot. And, and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, guess what? God set us here on an assignment to give you some gas. And so we took him to the gas station, filled up his tank. All of us went around and, and just, you know, we, we got in a circle. We just prayed over this guy. And he's crying the whole time. He's hugging everybody. Like we, we've known each other all of our lives. And we're saying, God bless you. We go back to the church and we tell that story and everyone else tells their story. A week later, a week later, well, by the way, that couple that had come to the church that just gave their lives to Christ, they came back to church going, are you kidding me? This is the best life ever. Like they could not just understand like what just happened. Like God just moved for us. And I'm like, this is the life that he's called us to live. So a week later, I get an email randomly from a guy and he says, I, you don't know me, but I just wanted to reach out to you and your church because my brother was stranded at a Walmart 
and a team of your people, he didn't know I was in the team. He says, the team of your people came and told them that God had sent them there to give them gas and they prayed over him. He says, I want you to know, I've been praying for my brother for years and he has never given his life to Christ. But after you guys prayed over him that night, he goes, man, he gave his life to Christ. He's following God. And he goes, I can't thank you guys enough for being an answer to my prayer. And I mean, I mean, that's just one of like a lot of stories that we have in, in doing these faith walks. But when you ask God to use you, to give you the opportunity God's like, that's my son. That's my daughter. I'm, I'm going to do this. Matter of fact, I, are you guys up for an experiment right now? I mean, this is church. You're supposed to like sit there and learn, but we're going we're gonna, to, this is like a lab part of the, the church gathering. All right. Get your phones out. Okay. This is lab. Get your phones out. Now I do this every so often, uh, but I haven't done it in a while. I'm going to pray that God would supernaturally put somebody on your heart that is in your life that's on your phone. Maybe it's a relative, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's just somebody's name that you copy down that you're like, whose name is this? I, I don't even know why this is in my phone. Anybody have those names? I, I have a few of them. But we're gonna pray. I'm gonna ask God to show you the person that you're supposed to send a verse to. We did this first at the, at the 930 gathering and I've already heard about six God stories. Just sending one verse out to somebody. Are you guys ready for the experiment? Let me pray this. Father, you know everybody that is on our contact list. God, you know the person right now that needs a touch from heaven. So I'm asking on behalf of all of us here, Lord, that you would let your Holy Spirit guide us to the person that we need to reach out to in this moment right now. Show us that face. Show us that name. In Jesus' name, amen. How many saw a name pop in your head or, or saw a face or, or heard a name? Okay, this is what we're going to do. I, I have a scripture that God put on my heart. You don't necessarily need to send him this verse, but this is the one as I was praying on a verse that, that I could give you guys to send your friends. I'm going to give it to you. It's Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans 15, verse 13, NIV reads it, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I was praying about what scripture this sent out. That was the verse that came to my mind. So I want to be childlike in giving it to you. Like I want you to be childlike in you sending it to somebody that just popped in your mind and let's let the Holy Spirit do his work in that person. And I'm telling you, I want to hear the God story. I want to hear just as simple as it sounds to send one verse to one person. It could change somebody's life forever because you don't know what's going on, but the Holy Spirit does. And so we're letting him work through us. So that's ask God to give us an opportunity. Text that verse. Maybe it texted a, a few friends, but here's, here's the B. So that was the A, ask for the opportunity. The B is break out of your circle of comfort. Break out of your circle of comfort. Man, I, I don't know how many times I've heard this year, like, I'm praying for breakthrough. I, I'm believing for breakthrough. Can I declare to you right now, breakthrough happens when you make a decision to break out of your comfort circle. You, you want breakthrough to take place. It's going to happen when you break out. You got to get uncomfortable. Matter of fact, I will tell you, more miracles will happen for your life and through your life the more uncomfortable that you're willing to get. L listen to the story with a fresh, you know, kind of idea. Acts 3. Now Peter and John were going to the temple at the ninth hour of the hour of prayer, and a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along, whom they used to sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms to those who were entering the temple. So basically, there's no welfare system. This disabled guy that hasn't been able to walk all his life is... is put himself right outside the temple gate because, you know, God's people tend to be the most generous kind of people. So he's, he's begging for people to give him something so he might be able to have something to live on. And when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking to receive alms. 
But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk, and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate at the temple to beg alms, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now we all like, you know, oh, that's such a good story. We love that story. But let's get into Peter's head for a second. What if... Before that moment, Peter and John are looking at this guy and they're having an internal battle. Maybe there's some thought bubbles that are popping up in Peter's mind. There's like the stare off, right? He's staring at this guy. This guy's staring back at him. And what if Peter has got this thought bubble going on like, bro, what happens if you go to reach out and and pull him up if he just like falls down? What, what if you just go, grab his hand and poof, he falls on the ground and like you hurt this guy? And like, what if everyone just starts like, dude, what are you doing to this poor disabled guy? Are you beating him up? And I'm imagining like he's like having this internal battle going on because that's what happens to me. Why wouldn't it happen to Peter? So he's full of the Holy Spirit, but he's still a guy. He's still a person. And he's like, okay. But in that moment, Peter chose to leave his comfort circle for the sake of giving an opportunity for this man to walk again. And because of that, a miracle took place. There are boundaries and borders that we tend to put in our life where we feel safe. We feel comfortable. And one thing 2020 has taught us is that (laughs) that that really doesn't happen. There, there, there really is no safe, comfortable place. A friend of mine says, it's like we all have these blankies on the couch. In 2020, somebody ripped the blankie off us. And we're like, we're not as comfortable anymore. That's actually a good thing. Because Abram was challenged by God to leave the comfort of his circle. Because God wanted to do incredible things in and through Abram's life. But it required him to leave the circle where he was at. And to leave the borders and the boundaries that he had placed in his life. In Genesis 12, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. So God is telling Abram, I want to do great things for your life. But it's going to require you to go outside of the boundaries and the borders that you have erected in your life. There are promises that God wants to bring for you and through you, but it's going to require you leaving the circle that you've been accustomed to. And can I add this little note that Abraham was 75 years old. Abram, I should say, was 75 years old when he did this. 75! thinking that that's pretty old well if you're in that age group it's not old you're you're just seasoned now you're a seasoned person he abram was a seasoned man but let me tell you a note that i think is worthy to give you and that is you're never too old for a new adventure come on somebody you're never too old for a new adventure with god and uh my father-in-law who who pastors the church in bakersfield He has this saying, and I love it. He says, to get things you normally wouldn't get, you have to do things you normally wouldn't do. I love that. Here's the C. Chase the nudges. I call them nudges. You might want to call them promptings. You might call them hunches. But there are these moments as followers of Jesus where you're in a space and and you just kind of feel this prompting. Like, I'm supposed to do something for him. I'm supposed to say something to her. Like, like I feel like this is a moment that, that I'm to engage. And, and then what happens, we a lot of times get into what I call the paralysis of analysis. 
Have you ever been there? You're, you're feeling that prompting. You're, you're feeling that nudge. And all of a sudden, you start having these difficult conversations with yourself. Almost like, I don't know. Maybe this is not God. You know, I did eat, you know, a couple extra tacos from Taco Bell. Maybe that, you know, it's not really of God. And, and the paralysis of analysis will keep us from doing something that possibly can bring a miracle for somebody else. But what if... Every time we get a nudge, every time we get a prompting, we just choose to just follow it and chase it and acknowledge God in it. Proverbs 3, verse 6, and in all your ways acknowledge him, God, and he will make your path straight. In the Hebrew language, that word straight can actually be translated smooth. God wants to smooth your life out but in order to do that, you have to start acknowledging him in how many things? How many things, church? Come on. Come on. You're the 11 o'clock. You slept in today. How many things do you acknowledge God in? All things. All. Say with me, all. Look at your neighbor. Say all. It's all things. What if we pull out that inner four-year-old that's still there? Every once in a while, I'll get you in trouble with your spouse, right? That inner four-year-old, just bring that four-year-old out and just say, I'm going to choose to look at this child like that every little prompting is from God and every little uh, uh, thing that happens is from God and I'm going to chase it like that. It's going to be an amazing life. I had an experience, this is uh, a week ago. We were doing our deliveries for the Meals on Wheels, and, and I decided to bring my friend Ray with me as a co-pilot, and so we get there, and they give me all these meals. It never happened before. They always give me the exact amount of meals for the people that we're delivering to, but this time they had like six extra meals, and the lady said, hey, I got some extra meals. Do you know some people that you know want these meals? And I look over at Ray, and I say, this has never happened before, so God must have an assignment for us, so let's go have fun. And so we took the extra meals, we delivered to all our senior friends, and then we started praying for God to just show us somebody that needed some food. And we found a group of homeless people that are just kind of hanging out, and they were looking uh, for a place to stay. And, and so we give them a meal, and we get to talk with them, we get to connect with them. And I just looked at that like God wanted to take care of those guys for lunch that day. That's why that other place had extra food. That never had to happen before. But I choose to acknowledge God in that. That that extra food wasn't a coincidence. That was providence. We need to stop looking at these things as coincidences and start acknowledging them as the providence of God. That he's getting involved. And this is how we see amazing God stories break loose in our own lives. There was a video my friend uh, Adam that I knew in Vegas, he's since moved to Washington and he posted it and I called him, I go, Adam, this is a God story that I'm so glad that you caught on video, that he took a selfie video because he just wanted to testify of the, of the power of God. And for me, it was so powerful, not just because God did a miracle for this guy that Adam prayed for, but because it all started with the nudge. And Adam listened to the nudge and chased the nudge. And because of that, a miracle happened for another person that just happened to be walking in front of Adam's house one day. I played this for you guys before, like a few years ago, but it's such a good story. I got to circle back on it. Go ahead and watch this. This is, this is my new friend, Teldon. Say what's Hi. up. Hi, my name's Teldon. I, uh, I was just getting in my car and I, I just ran into Teldon and uh, he was telling me that uh, it's a miracle that he's alive because he suffered some wounds. He suffered some gunshots, and it's rendered his hand immovable, unusable, um, and he's uh, and and it's just been setback after setback. And uh, we just prayed right now because I I just told Teldon that that Jesus loves him. Teldon, why don't you just tell everybody what just happened? Um, I haven't been able to use this arm in a really long time. Here's a scar. Um, I was shot, and I never thought I'd be able to even move this wrist. Whoa. And um, this somehow he said a prayer, and I can actually move it in a full circle. Come on. No pain at all. <laughs> That's amazing. You, never, had a, you had a brace on your hand. Yes, I was wearing this. Was the, and now when's I, the last time you took that off? Um, I, first time right now. No way. Yeah, well, I mean, I showers, but even then. Yeah. 
Well, I, it was very, very, yeah, and it's painful. And now I don't have any pain. When, when, when you realized that you could move your hand after the first time in a long time, you felt like a real emotion because you could feel I a warm. It. You, you like you feel like there's activity. There's something going on in your hands. Um, and uh, and you know, I just want to remind you again that it's it's it. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. You know what I'm saying? And. And and uh, it it wasn't that I did this. Jesus did this, and, and he wants to know you. And uh, so awesome! Come on! Thank what, you, Jesus. Come on! What can you do now that you couldn't do? Uh, I can. I could probably live a normal life again, for one. Come on! I mean, you I could probably work now. That's awesome. Because you haven't been able to, right? Yeah, and, and I just I'm, I get kind of speechless. I, <laughs> it's okay, man. <laughs> we'll turn this off. Teldon, thanks for uh, for letting me video you. Thanks for for uh, for letting me pray for you. No, thank you. Jesus is amazing. Come on, woo! <laughs> I just think about this for a second. He was Adam was going out to his car, and some dude was just walking down his sidewalk. Then a miracle of God happens right in front of Adam's house. It's not too difficult to live this way. God has called us all to live this way. And some of you have, have heard this message loud and clear, and you're living this kind of a lifestyle. Um, two months ago, a couple in our church, they came up to me and they, they said, uh, maybe it wasn't two months ago, but it was a while back, and they said, hey, we were at the DMV, and there was a lady there, and she was having a difficult time. And, and she was upset, and so we just felt this prompting like we were supposed to go out and, and talk to her and pray with her, and, and so they did. They went out, and they prayed with her, and they gave her a bracelet for the church and told her about it, and I can't remember the couple, so if you're that couple, please remind me who you are, all right? So they do this, and then they didn't think anything of it. They were just wanting to tell me, like, man, this is so cool, like, to be used by God like this. Well, they don't know the rest of the story, but I do. See, what happened after that, that woman was so touched by the kindness and the love that this couple had shown her, and they had also invited her to the church and gave the bracelet. She went home and told her boyfriend about this little situation, and he was moved by God because he had been thinking about God. He had been thinking about going to church, never been to church in all his life, but he looked at that as like a sign from heaven, like he's supposed to go to church. So here he was, never been to church in all of his life. He showed up to Atmosphere about a month ago. And he came to our church, didn't really know anybody or know who we were or what we were all about. He just knew that this bracelet was given to his girlfriend and he decided to show up because he felt like God was doing something in this season. And when he came in, I, I immediately saw God doing something in him and I didn't know him. And at the end of the gathering, he raised his hand, and he gave his life to Christ. And I declared it right there. I said, man, God, I feel God doing something so powerful in you. And he and I have since talked, and he told me the story that it was this couple that came out of the DMV and followed his girlfriend that was upset that actually was a conduit that got him to church and got his attention that God wanted to change his life and do a great work in him. And I was going, are you kidding me? As simple as noticing somebody at the DMV. I mean, come on. Anybody that goes to the DMV needs prayer. All right. Let's just, let's just go on record to say that. That's, especially if you're an employee of the DMV, we especially need to pray for you. But I, I just, I have to say, when you chase the nudge, stories like this become so common that God's stories are going to be happening more and more for you. And I want to kind of equip you to make it really easy for you. I have scripture cards on the back table. Grab a handful. Keep them with you in your car, in your purse, or your wallet. And then as the, as, as the nudge happens, as the prompting happens, give somebody a scripture card. Maybe you don't know what to say. Maybe you're intimidated. Maybe you're thinking you're going to you know, mess the conversation. Hand them a card and just say, hey, I really feel God put it on my heart to give this to you and see what happens. Maybe pray for somebody if God leads you to do that, like Teldon was, was prayed for. But, but take those cards. Have them on hand as the Spirit of God nudges you 
to talk to somebody or pray with somebody. And then, hey, First Friday is really kind of our faith walk on First Fridays, which is this Friday. Mitch Lampert and our, and our outreach team, we go to a hotel here locally. We knock on doors, we give free dinners, and we just say, hey, how can we pray for you? That's a, that's a faith walk in itself. I believe we're going to have God's stories from our Friday night outreach this, uh, this Friday night. So, you know, see our website for more of the information. But this is what I really want to, to circle up with you guys. Stop waiting on the move of God for your life. You are the move of God. Look at somebody next to you say, you are the move of God. He, God put his spirit inside of you so that he can move through you and he can change lives. He can heal people. He can restore families all because you are a conduit of heaven because the spirit of God, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead now lives in you and greater things are to be done because now we all have the spirit of God, not just one man, Jesus but we all have the Spirit of God living in us as followers of Jesus to change this world. Are you ready to change the world, church? It begins with living by the Spirit, not being content with just the Spirit of God living in you, but living by the Spirit of God leading you. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms, and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be a part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official website at atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you? To make a donation, simply go to our website and click the link that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love.